Yes, indeed, and it's thanks, Leslie, for the both of us. And for now, with Radio 4 listeners, it's Nigel Pry, and uh, hello. Here, literally, <laughs> at Radioactive in the next half hour, and thereafter, still for us, but for you, sadly, not. Still, it's the show for the moment, and welcome over in London, uh, BBC, to this exchange for the boost of ratings on Radio 4, and for us, the least we can do. So, let's have no more waste and straight over immediately with an adapter. to my lunchtime show. You can listen to me while you're having lunch. You can have lunch listening to me, or you can listen to me having lunch, because right now it's... Lunchtime with Anna. Mmm. That's lovely. And as a special feature of today's show, we'll be visiting the Bi British exhibition at Olympia, where the rest of the radioactive DJs are out and about, as we say. This is Mike Flexman. and one of the most important stands at the exhibition is the medical technology stand. And Roy Neve of the Neve Drug Company has been attracting a lot of interest with his new drug, Minimine. Yes, indeed. Uh, Minimine is a drug for use in hospitals. As you know, British hospital beds are in great demand. Mm -hmm. uh, there are, in fact, too many patients chasing too few beds. So we have to make better use of our resources. Mm. How? Well, we have to fit more patients into the beds. <laughs> I'm not quite with you. You're saying hospital beds ought to be shared? Uh, yes, indeed. Two patients to a bed? Uh, no, 14. <laughs> yes, there isn't room, is there? Ah, but there is with Minimine. You see, Minimine reduces human size by up to 95%. Mm -hmm. It turns a six-foot man into a six-inch man. Give patients Minimine, and they'll sleep 14 to a bed in comfort, pillows the size of teabag. <laughs> but uh, does Minimine really work? I mean, we've only got your word. Well, why not try it for yourself? Well, could I? Absolutely. Just slip this tablet down the hatch. Right, well, here goes. <clears throat> Ah, ah, oh, oh, oh my goodness, this is incredible. I can feel it. I can feel it working now. Are you, are you all right down there? Oh boy, staring at your ankle. Incredible. Oh my god, a fly just landed on my shoulder. What did you do? Don't panic. It's bigger than my head. That's, calm down, calm down. I'll, I'll pick you up. Thank you, thank you. Thank now just lie back in my palm and relax. <clears throat> um, Mr. Leave. When the patient's ready to come out of the hospital, how do you restore him to his original size? Um... What do you mean, um? Uh, we use a drug called, um, Maximine. Do you think I could try that one now? Yes. You have got some, haven't you? Um, yes. Then for God's sake, give it to me! Look, don't adopt that tone with me, Pinocchio. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Please don't clench your fist! Now slip off your trousers, will you? What? <laughs> Maximine is a suppository. <laughs> a special, uh, mini-me size suppository? Uh, no, an ordinary size suppository. <laughs>
Well, uh, Mike Flax will uh, be back with us a little later on, perhaps. But uh, right now, I'm going to have a word or two with some of the people here. Uh, hello, what are you doing at the British Exhibition? <laughs> what are we doing here at the British Exhibition? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, I don't know, really. <laughs> well, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, tell you a little bit about myself? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, I don't know, really. <laughs> What's your name? What's my name? Yes. What do people call you? What do people call me? Don't just repeat it again. Uh, if you were to step out in front of a bus and one of your friends wanted to stop you, God knows why, uh, what would they call you? Uh, I don't know, really. Well, let me ask them and get some sense out of someone. What do you call this lump of suet? Um, we don't know, really. Oh, uh, Mike Flex here, back to my normal height and standing up, as I probably will be for the rest of the week. And uh, I'm standing by an amazing new labour-saving device... It's a talking coffee vending machine. Hmm. No more fiddling around with buttons and numbers. You just put your money in like so, and the machine asks you what you want. Good morning. Morning. Would you like coffee, tea, soup, hot chocolate, milk, or orange juice? Uh, I'll have coffee, please. Black or white? White, please. With or without sugar? With sugar, please. One lump or two? Uh, two lumps of sugar. To drink here or take away? <laughs> To drink here, please. Frothy or smooth? I, I don't care. Stirred or fried? What do you mean, stirred or fried? I want a cup of coffee. Do you want it with a side salad or a hard-boiled egg? Give me a cup of coffee. Do you want it in a cup, a suitcase or a sick bag? Shut up! <laughs> One banana milkshake with chilli sauce and pork scratchings. <laughs> Remember, in our competition for the under-8s a few weeks ago, we asked you to give us the name of a method of transport that rhymes with rain. Well, the answer was train, and the winner of the under-8s competition is Stephen Allen, and he's come into the studio today to pick up his £10. Hello, Stephen. Hello. <laughs> Stephen, how old are you? Uh, six. Six? Yeah, six. Did you find the competition difficult? No, it wasn't too hard. Can I have a ten pound now, please? Uh, no. <laughs> and now it's time for Radioactives. Time for Radioactives! Time for Radioactives! Commercial time. <laughs> Hello. Honest Ron here. On those long, hot, romantic summer days, what is it that most people want? Correct, a long, cool drink. Unfortunately, ice isn't always available. But now those thirsty days are over with Honest Ron's Instant Ice. Only 5 99 Just add water and bung it in the freezer. Honest Ron, Honest Ron, the others are a con. Headache? Tense, nervous headache? Tense, nervous, painful, throbbing headache. Tense, nervous, painful, throbbing, agonizing, stabbing headache. <laughs> you probably got one at the moment. And what will you take for it? Is it brand A? Uh, no. Is it brand B? No. Is it brand C? Uh, definitely. 
why would you use brand C rather than the others? Well, brand C is a type of aspirin, whereas the other two brands are both makes of floor polish. <laughs> Do you want to get close to the one you love? Have you tried saying it with flowers? Are you bored with making a phone call? Have you no desire to write soon? Then why don't you try good old-fashioned sex? It's cheap, simple and fun. There's no need to wait until after six. Guaranteed to bring the two of you closer together. Why don't you get your leg over tonight? <laughs> Well, it's time now to take a short break from the exhibition at Olympia for our daily discourse. And today we're looking at the problem of alcoholism. And here to discuss it with me is the president of Alcoholics Anonymous, Mr. Geoffrey Skewer, the undersecretary, Mr. Tony Wolfe, and the patron of the society, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. <laughs> Welcome to you all. Thank, Thank you. you. Now, the problem of alcoholism, how difficult is it? Ah, uh, Geoffrey, you first. <laughs> It's obviously very difficult. Uh, it's a very delicate and sensitive area. It's like, say, uh, the abolition of monarchy, for example. Yes. Uh, but it's got to be sorted out, so we must simply fight long and hard and make sure we win in the end. So that alcoholism is finally eradicated. No, I'm sorry, I was still talking about the abolition of monarchy. Uh, yes, well, alcoholism should be eradicated too, to my mind. Uh, OK, Tony. Uh, yeah, well, it's a social dilemma, isn't it? I mean, it's something that's been plaguing the British drinking man for decades, and we can only overcome it if we all club together and say we will stamp it out. So eventually you think we can make alcoholism a thing of the past? Uh, I thought we were talking about the monarchy again, sorry. No, alcoholism. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, almost as bad, yeah. Wait, well, wait. thanks very much. That's all we have time for, I'm afraid. Sorry we didn't get a chance to talk to you all. But for now, it's goodbye from Mr. Geoffrey Skewer. Goodbye. Mr. Tony Wolfe. Yeah, see you. And Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Oh. <laughs> Well, uh, here at the exhibition, several of the hi-fi stands are exhibiting the latest generation of synthesizers. And we can hear one now that does almost everything that a human can, the DXY2000. Accompanied by something that does considerably less than a human can, Gary Inhuman. Well, here at the exhibition's real ale stall, it's like travelling back to an England untouched by the Industrial Revolution. Lovely girls in Elizabethan costume and mob caps serving beers from the wood. And at the moment, I'm drinking a splendid British beer called Fitzgerald's Old Peculiar. And with me is the, is the marketing director of Fitzgerald's, Mr... Mr James Alexander. Pleased to meet you, old boy. Um, this is a British beer, Mr... 
Alexander. British float and throw, me old mucker. Mm, well, it's certainly not a bad tipple. Where do the hops come from? Machushita. Pardon? Manchester. Ah. Straight up the M1 and burst your uncle. Hmm. I'm just having a look at the barrel here. Ah, the bala. Yes, the bala. <laughs> yes. I wonder if you uh, if you could tell me a little about it. Ah, uh, real English wood, Mike, from real English trees, chopped down by rusty peasants with a hay and a hole and a hay na na na. Hewn from giant old trees in villages like Golders Glen. Hmm. Could you tell us what it says on the top of the barrel? Certainly, my old flute cake. It says that serving beer from the wood is traditional career for English maiden. Made in... Made in Korea. Oh. Well, I'm somewhat surprised, somewhat irritated perhaps, to see that in the middle of the Buy British exhibition, we have a stand advertising the wares of a German record company, Deutsche Verein Made in Mitzi Goebbels Geschweiner Firm, <laughs> whose label seems to cover the majority of the record. I'll just find out why they're here. Uh, well, we're here at the exhibition to bring the English a taste of proper music. Hmm, proper music. Uh, German music, the best in the world. Uh-huh. Uh, we don't seem to hear much about German music in England. Uh, yes, well, it's rather sophisticated, of course. Is it? Is it? Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know, German music, I suppose, just doesn't seem to cross the channel. Rather like the German Navy in 1941, eh? <laughs> I'm sorry? <laughs> but seriously, uh, British music has long been pretty popular in Germany, hasn't it? Uh, no, no, not nowadays. Uh, I suppose going back to the Liverpool song. But we bang crash as the docks blew up in 1943. Uh, no, the Beatles, uh, they were a big hit in Germany. Rather like Dresden, eh? <laughs> no, no, well, uh, German groups have, uh, have never really hit London. They, no. Unlike the Luftwaffe. <laughs> but perhaps, I uh, know, singing just isn't a German occupation. And uh, talking of German occupation, no, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Kurt, uh, I'm going to have to stop you there, as we seem to be slightly overrunning. And uh, talking of overrunning, in fact, no, that's something here. that... Uh, let's get back to Anna. Right now, we have an urgent news flash. News time. News. News flash. News. News. News time. News flash. News. News. News flash. News, news, news. And I'll be giving you that news flash later on, but right now... <laughs> it's time for yet another edition of our absolutely live serial. We present the final episode of the murder of James Llewellyn Jones, the story so far. Inspector Jefferson and Sergeant Black, having stumbled upon a horribly mutilated and unrecognisable corpse, have pursued their sole clue to wit, a size 11 boot handmade by Reuben Goldberg, who has in turn sent them to a Dr. McGregor, who has in turn been shot by Mrs. Anderson, his one-eyed housekeeper with a birthmark in the shape of a croissant, who has sent them back to Reuben Goldberg. Mr. Reuben Goldberg, you remember me? I'm Sergeant Black, and this is Inspector Jefferson. If you remember, we visited you after we had stumbled upon a horribly mutilated and unrecognisable corpse when pursuing our sole clue to wit, a size 11 boot, handmade by you, Reuben Goldberg, who in turn sent us to a Dr. McGregor, who has in turn been shot by Mrs. Anderson, his one-eyed housekeeper with a birthmark in the shape of a croissant, who has sent us back to you, Reuben Goldberg. Hello, what can I do for you? Mr. Reuben Goldberg, I'm Black. Jefferson, we, you, after stumbled corpse pursuing clue to it. Boot by you, Reuben Goldberg, sent Dr. McGregor, who shot one-eyed housekeeper, croissant, back to you, Reuben Goldberg. Well, you better come in then, Obi. Thank you. <laughs> Mr. Goldberg, you are the murderer. Yes, I am, but you'll never take me alive, my life, Inspector. Don't be a fool. 
Look out, he's going to jump. <laughs> ah, well, that just about wraps it up, Sergeant. Yes, Inspector, but one thing puzzles me. Reuben Goldberg couldn't have done both murders, so he must have had an accomplice. But who, my God, what are you doing pointing that gun at me, Inspector? Yes, it was me, but you'll never live to tell, Sergeant. No, Inspector, don't be a fool. That was the final episode of the murder of Jane... Oh, my ah, God! Ah, Look, I didn't realise it was a real ah, gun. They just went off. Well, what about the announcement? Oh, Hang on. Oh, that was the final episode of the murder oh, of Jane Llewellyn Jones. Our live drama presentation oh, by Radioactive. Oh, God, I think I'm going to be sick. Well, that was our serial, and I can now give you that newsflash. Surprisingly optimistic figures have just been announced concerning developments in public housing, and here to talk about them is our political editor, Anthony Durbridge. Anthony, how much truth is there in all this? Uh, well, I think it's important to consider the comments of the Right Honourable Member of Parliament for Stamford and Oakham, and the Opposition Spokesman on Public Housing and Building Programmes, Mr Nathaniel... Uh, um... Smith? Uh, Mr. Nathaniel Smith, yes, uh, who claims that of the 7% talked about, uh, 41% of that, that's 3.1% in total, amounting to over 426,000 of the original one and a quarter million, were unaccounted for. And those are the sort of figures we have to bear in um... mind. Uh, to bear in mind, yes. And uh, the cost of meat alone has risen by an average 18% per annum uh, over 14 calendar months, uh, disregarding the inflationary allowance, and that's an inexorable and ineluctable situation to find oneself uh, uh, to find oneself, um, that's the word. In. In, yes. <laughs> no, I'm afraid as regards empty promises, Mrs. Thatcher takes the, uh... Biscuit. No, thanks. Uh, takes the, uh... <laughs> takes the, uh... Lane. No, no. Takes the biscuit. Takes the biscuit. Uh, well, many thanks. That's our political editor there, Anthony Durbridge. No, whereabouts? No, that's you. <laughs> and thanks very much for all the helpful advice. Yes, thanks very much indeed for that. Yes. Well, let's go over to someone slightly more coherent. Nigel Prime, the bustling in the exhibition, best of British, showing the world what here we can and make do. From us, the country of fish and the times, chips, cricket and stiff upper. I'm busy now all around over there with the British pluck, Falkland spirit, feet up reading newspaper. Behind big launch, British Leyland, new car, not finished. And all around selling, eager buying, perhaps inventions. And on this stool, the sign, traditional British, closed for lunch. <laughs> traditional, the lunch. And, ah, uh, yes, two miles queue for stale sandwich and warm lager, £3.50, not worth. And so, uh, leaving and guarding as if the exit, the mascot of today, the British bulldog, no teeth and fast asleep. <laughs> Kitchen utensils are always one of the best-selling products at the Buy British Exhibition, and some new and exciting gadgets seem to have found their way onto the market this year. Matilda Brooking, you're going to show us uh, one or two of those on your stool here. Ah, uh, yes. Well, one of the most popular this year seems to be the Advocado Pear Distoner. Uh-huh. You take an ordinary Advocado and place it like so, sitting vertically on the ring of stainless steel, and then you bring the lever down thus... And here's your stone in perfect condition. Yes, yes. <laughs> I couldn't help noticing that it squashed the Avocado Pear out of all recognisable form. Yes, well, of course, it can't do everything. No. Yeah. But it can peel bananas. Ah. Mm, ah, yes. And for this, you take a banana like so and place it on the appliance in such a way that when the lever comes down like this... 
It leaves the banana skin completely intact. Mm. And like the avocado, the banana mm. seems to be splattered all around the room. Well, well, that's easily wiped down with a damp cloth. And down my shirt. Yes, down your shirt. Well, no matter. Don't worry yourself about it unduly. So what else does this extraordinary machine of yours do? Well, it skins grapes, takes the pips out of tomatoes, peels apples, cleans mushrooms, mashes potatoes, chops cabbage, cracks nuts and holds wood in position whilst you saw it. Oh. Yes, yes. It is, in fact, a vice, Ooh, isn't no, it? No, 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 no. <laughs> a fruit and vegetable multifunction purpose utility unit. Hmm. Uh-huh. And uh, are there any functions it serves in which the fruit or vegetable is kept intact? Mm, yes, baked beans. Baked beans? Yes, you can just take the can like so and bring the lever down. Oh, look, there are three or four intact at the bottom of the can there. Yeah. Mm. And about 30 or 40 on your shirt. Yes, there are. Yes, they go rather nicely with the avocado and banana. Lunch time with Delicious. Well, an important day today in the football calendar as Radioactive, for the very first time, brings you live coverage of the FA Cup draw, which is about to take place at Lancaster Gate, the headquarters of the Football Association in London. Number two, Manchester United. And Manchester United are first out of the bag. Let's see who their opponents will be. Well play. Number one, Arsenal. So there you have it. It's all over. Manchester United versus Arsenal. And once again, the FA Cup final is to be played between the two winning semi-finalists. <laughs> Well, the machinations of cup football leads us on nicely to American pop music, whose history is littered with tales of working-class kids making good. So many have, of course, allowed wealth and stardom to turn them into raving egocentrics. One such person is our guest today, Bruce Springbok, who is in our studio now, ready to play for us his latest hit, Born Behind the Wheel. I was born in London Either there or in Paris, Illinois, or it could have been Moscow, Sir, I was born a forgetful little boy. Strike a chord. She said her name was Cheryl. You can love me at your peril. As she jumped on the back of my skateboard, I turned her feet down to the driving. Said, Babe, let's give our love a try. But a crowd gathered around. So I 
said, listen, honey, I've got this problem with driving. Well, cheer around my hand, she said, I understand. Is that why you're always leaving her robbing? <laughs> and we took a greyhound, the New Jersey turnpike, settled somewhere south of the border. And then we got married, and Cheryl got pregnant, but not necessarily in that order. <laughs> Two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> I still remember that night when she said to me, Wendy, I think our baby is on his way. Then she saw Jane in that driving seat and started the car because the hospital was in. was Bruce Springbok there in Studio 4, as was. And while they're reassembling it, let's go back to the exhibition. Well, an essential part of British industry is, of course, the advertising business, uh, as this is how most companies still rely on reaching their clientele. Uh, and with me now is the chief creative coordinator of one of the biggest advertising agencies, uh, Fickle, Bland and Fay. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Charles Coy. Hello. Now, uh, Mr. Coy, obviously an integral part of any uh, advertising campaign is the slogan that you're able to dream up, which will always fix the product in the mind of the public, mm -hmm. uh, like uh, put a tiger in your tank, which obviously uh, advertised um, uh, petrol of some sort. Uh, <laughs> beans means Campbell's, uh, let the bus take the strain, and, and, and so on. And uh, I believe you're rather proud of one or two of the slogans that you at uh, FBF have thought up. Oh, uh, yes, indeed. Uh, well, our most recent campaign was for the Egg Marketing Board. And what's the phrase that you came up with uh, for them? Uh, well, there were a lot of different suggestions, obviously, mm -hmm. but the one we eventually plumped for was, um, eat eggs. <laughs> eat eggs. That's, uh, that's fairly blunt, I suppose. Well, we didn't want anything too fussy or overcomplicated. Yes. Well, uh, what other memorable maxims are you responsible for? Yeah, well, let me see now. Um, wear clothes was ours. Uh, drink liquid. That was one of ours, too. Uh, breathe. <laughs> They're all fairly uh, concise, aren't they? Well, we have thought up some longer ones. Have you? Uh, yes, one of our most successful was, in fact, for the East Anglian Water Board. And what was that? That went, if I remember, if you're thirsty, what you ought to do is drink a nice glass of lovely cold water. It really is very nice and most refreshing. Radioactive. So, all that remains is for me to ask our chairman and major shareholder, Sir Norman Tonsil, for a final word. Why? Excellent. Well, thank you, Sir Norman, for that final word. And from me, an adapter, it's goodbye. Radioactive was performed by Helen Atkinson Wood, Angus Deaton, Geoffrey Perkins, Philip Pope, and Michael Fenton Stevens. Music was by Philip Pope and Steve Brown. 
And the programme was written by Angus Deaton and Geoffrey Perkins with additional material from John Cantor, Michael Fenton-Stevens, Maury Hunter, John Doherty and Roger Planer. The producer was Jamie Riggs. Here on Radioactive, an adapter now presents Cookery for Beginners. This week, she tells you how to plan a dinner party, starting with French onion soup. That's on medium wave only, but long wave listeners on 1,300 metres will join us in 10 minutes' time for lamb casserole and dumplings. <laughs> long wave listeners on 1,600 metres in the north of England will be joining us for buttered carrots. On VHF now, we have puddings. <laughs>